Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. On the show is my very good friend, Kaya Ra. She is an international best-selling author. She wrote a book called The Sophia Code, which you're going to hear a ton about, and all of the ascended masters that she channeled for this book. She is a divine feminine speaker of sovereignty. She promotes sourcing your own power, having your own sovereignty in this life, for your energy and your power of what you can really be. And so the episode just had a lot to do with what our real potential is as human beings and the things that have kept that down. So we talk about dark energies, nefarious agendas, you know, the way that that manifests in this reality and the way that we experience that. So this is an insanely inspiring and empowering episode that should hopefully lead you to a place where you feel like you're capable of more than you've ever imagined. Anything you want, you can have. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're inspired uh, and empowered. Please hit the subscribe button. The bell is for notifications. When the episode comes out, you know, let me know your thoughts. Have any of you read the Sophia Code? Have you had any miraculous things happen in your life? Have you grown and evolved in ways that you didn't see coming or that have been powerful? I'd love to know. So enjoy the episode we connected so deeply on Egypt. And I told you I was going to Egypt in February. And then you had said, oh my God, um, Egypt's been popping up for me so much lately. And you were dealing with this other scenario with Egypt. And and then all of a sudden you were like telling a story about this, like going into the past with sort of someone that you were kind of working through some things with that you had lived other lives with. And you were like, mm-hmm. and then you were telling the story and you go, and then you were there and you were doing this. And I was like, wait a second. What did you just say? So yeah. I don't know. Just speak to sort of the connection that you felt, and that, and and in ancient history, and 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 sort of maybe where we're at now in this in the world and what's going on. Like, but maybe I guess to pare it down, let's just talk about <laughs> our connection and how we connected so deeply. Yeah, as you know, it. I do a lot of inner work, like constant. And um, one of the deepest forms of inner work that I've really tackled over the past few years is past life healing, which I also consider parallel life healing in in quantum reality. And so it was just the week before uh, meeting you that I had seen you for the first time. And uh, in in a pre in another lifetime where we had connected, and I wasn't gonna bring anything up about it. I th- I was I felt pretty awkward about the whole thing because we were meeting for dinner for the first time. But it actually um, kind of helped me relax in meeting you for the first time. Um, I was um, it just helped me relax into that this was a connection that, you know, in the divine feminine lineages that we have been, you know, connecting with each other's heart as soul family across time and space. And in that lifetime, um, myself and many members on my team were, um, we had created a, 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 a temple and a mystery school consecrated to Hathor teachings. And, um, and we were making a significant impact on the culture at the time. Um, we focused primarily on women's empowerment and the divine feminine. And what was unique about our mystery school is we didn't really rely so much on the patriarchy for our funding. 
We had um, a lot of ways of creating resources uh, through the arts and education that really made our mystery school stand out. Mm. And that's actually how you heard about us um, in your own life in, in ancient Egypt. And um, and you, you, you got involved. You were uh, inspired by the work we were doing, although from a distance. And then when our temple was attacked and burned to the ground and most of us were killed, um, which took me and my team members a whole journey of reconciliation and inner work to uncover that for multiple people on my team. Um, well, anyways, I escaped with a lot of the children and it was to you that I ended up finding my way and the two of us found homes for these children and then got me on a boat to someplace really safe and um you know it just goes to show uh that the divine feminine has um continued to be oppressed and persecuted and censored throughout many timelines on this planet and um and that's, you know, why I love reconnecting with you and so many other um, women and souls, men as well. And of course, non-binary individuals that are connected to the divine feminine movement. Um, I really believe this is our lifetime to shine and rise above the persecution and the oppression of, of you know, multiple past dark ages. So, and I believe Hathor's teachings are really essential for us in rising above in our sovereignty during, you know, this time on the planet. Um, and that's why she's included in the Sophia Code. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So thanks Thank again. sharing that, that was... whole story. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it just like humbles me so much. Like, and it just makes me excited too. Like this is, is like such an overwhelming feeling I have. I'm like, we're not going to get killed this time. That's we're right. going to get it done. Oh and actually, God. I just did an interview with uh, Lindsay Milas, who does, um, she's a midwife and she's very spiritual. And she told me that um, back in like the 1400s, that there were 9 million women killed for essentially being powerful. And to use their power. And that's that's the nine million that, you know, that they tell us to believe. Like, we don't even know how many millions more. Remember the, I remember I had dinner with you that night and yeah. then, which was so wonderful. And then I went home and I've always been very drawn to ISIS. And um, we're going to get into, into Sophia Code and, and, <laughs> and writing it in the process. And then I really want to get into, obviously, the, the, the Ascended Masters and their message. But um, but ISIS is the one I've always been drawn to. And I went into a long, long diatribe about sort of like all the different things that have drawn me to ISIS. And so I went home and I read the ISIS key code in the Sophia code. Yeah. And it's the direct transmission um, that you receive, the channeling yeah. of about her life and to her telling it. And I read it and it and then I I was going to bed and it was already late because again, it was a four hour dinner. And I <laughs> Remember That's telling me about ambitious that you read that after dinner. <laughs> I read that after dinner. I was yeah. just so drawn. And then mm. I don't know if you remember me telling you, but I told you I I didn't tell you right away because I just didn't know like how far, how how much to go and what to ask and what sort of to like pull from you yet yeah. as we were new friends. 
But I ended up telling you that I was, I went to bed that night and I was freezing. I had a sweatpants mm-hmm. and sweatshirt on and yeah. I went to the bathroom before I went to bed. And I was like, got it. I got into bed and I was like, I am so cold. And mm-hmm. I laid down, I pulled all the blankets. I had three blankets over me and I never took my sweatpants and sweatshirt off and I never got hot. And I mean, I am a hot sleeper. So I keep my bedroom really cold and I keep minimal amount of layers on. And, um, and I remember what you said and you said, it's from, the many lives of, you know, your, your soul is, is thawing from how many times you were murdered for your, your, your magic and your power and your, and, and just what you're capable of. And that was like such a powerful thing to say. When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. Yeah, and it's amazing that you so intuitively could feel Isis's call, you know, to you for, for you to really embody your divine feminine and your just overall sovereign power in this lifetime. Um, because that was who was your main key code mentor in that lifetime in Egypt. It was Isis. And uh, even though you were supporting us at a Hathor temple, um, yeah, so it's, I feel as though individuals that are connected to Isis have, they make such an incredible impact in their divine purpose, whether Mm -hmm. they intend to or not, because Isis keeps us really focused on um, completing the tasks of our divine purpose fulfilling the angelic mission for which we we've been sent. And even if we may not know exactly how we're making a difference, she keeps guiding us until we just, until we fully recognize the difference, the impact we are, are already making. And I feel like that's something that you've been really coming into over the past few years, like seeing (laughs) me. Well, it's an honor to be any part of your process, but you, you know, we talked a lot about that, like, you had a choice and you know to impact consciousness and you keep showing up to that choice to write the sophia code was really showing up and that whole process Mm -hmm. so um can you give some insight into what that process was like and how long that took and the experience of it i don't know why i just feel very emotional right now (laughs) like i have tears in my heart yeah (laughs) it's it's a uh, unexpected. <laughs> it took me seven years to channel the Sophia Code because every word that was channeled had to work on me first. 
And um, when the vision that I share in the preface of the Sophia Code was given to me uh, to, you know, channel it, to write this book for the Divine Mother, I was a broken person. I was, you know, I was shattered by what I had survived. And so every teaching, every divine genome activation, every step closer towards the Ascended Masters, I had to believe that I was worthy of it that I was worthy of the gift of being given. Mm -hmm. I, I had to rebuild my self-esteem and I had to allow these extremely powerful crystalline teachings to move me from such extreme trauma into a place of um, deep reconciliation with myself. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say, um, you know, I went into a space of serenity in the process because <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> but what I what I I have managed to do is to come into the full connection with my higher self and and learn how to say yes to embodying that higher self consciousness just a little bit more every day. Mm. And and so it was a lot of time in seclusion. I did not uh, just say no to a lot of parties in my 30s. <laughs> um, and, That's okay. Uh, in our 40s, we can do them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Celebrate all the hard work of our 30s. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I spent a lot of time, sometimes between 12 to 14 hours a day, in a writing room and meditation, mm. um, yoga, listening, wow. writing, rewriting, because every time the teachings would come in, I could only accept them as much as my consciousness was ready to receive them. Right. And then as they would work on me, then the Ascended Masters would come back and they'd be like, okay, and now here's the next like download on what we've given you. And so there were, there were many um, versions of the Sophia Code until I knew it had crystallized into how I could best serve it. And uh, and the last year of, of writing it happened actually at Mount Shasta, California, which is where I received the vision originally to, to channel the book. And so that last year, I also was constantly in ceremony. Um, I had a home uh, by the National Forest with a view of the mountain, and I would go out, I would make offerings every day, uh, pray at my medicine wheel, pray at all the altars that I had created, um, do water ceremonies. Um, you know, it was just constantly hiking in the mountains to connect with the Ascended Masters, connect with Telos, which is the Lemurian city of light within Mount Shasta. The, the people of Telos are extremely powerful and grounded. They helped me really ground what a cosmic transmission the Sophia code um is so it was you know i was uh, eating in a very strict diet drinking a lot of water from the mountain like when i left mount shasta it was <laughs> after the Sophia code was published it was like coming back to earth or something like i was just so focused in that heavenly realm with that mountain it was um it was a real powerful journey to go on and then the journey began all over again once I left the mountain because I had to share it with the world and return to the world of people and all the things that come along with people <laughs> being human. Takes, sometimes that takes it's that takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm 
yeah it's and and right now it's almost been seven years so it's almost like another seven year journey yeah they say we go in seven year cycles yeah right how can you can you draw a parallel between because i think it's a very interesting parallel to draw with your experience with the ascended masters and receiving the information but working on you first and how that can parallel like a normal, let's just call it a normal person's life that's not receiving necessarily or know they're receiving that information, but sort of the uh, someone else's growth that is not, that doesn't have that exact mission to bring such deep information, such esoteric information, um, such old information back. Like what, how do you draw a parallel? Because that feels so real. Like we can't meet someone at a level higher than we are. Like you know, the, that kind of analogy, how, how can someone take extract that experience you had with writing the Sophia code and getting the information with their own life and, and growth? Yeah. So those key code initiations, um, that were given to us in the Sophia code, even if you read them just once, they initiate direct mentor relationships with the ascended masters. And so that was a promise that the, the ascended masters of the Sophia Dragon Tribe, which is a specific high council um, that the Divine Mother assembled for the Sophia Code movement. And these Ascended Masters are just so available. They're just, they're ready and waiting for us to believe that we're worthy of them being spiritual guides for us. Mm. And so um, I find that overcoming the worthiness factor is often the biggest piece for light workers, and and just believing that a master of light would actually be interested in our daily human life. And the truth is, um, they absolutely they absolutely are. And Mother Mary, uh, who we're focusing on this year, is one of the most amazing spiritual guides for that because she she shares in the Sophia Code like everything about your daily life is important to me. It matters to me. Isis mm. talks about that too in the Sophia mm. Code because where else does ascension happen? It happens in our relationships. It happens in our family. It happens in our businesses. It happens in how we show up every day to life, whether we show up or not. And so I think people have a skewed idea about what the Ascended Masters are interested in. They're interested in us and waking mm. us up in our within our daily life, not extracting us from our daily life. Because this is where we make the greatest impact. Mm. Um, and so we we created a curriculum called the Stargate One curriculum, and it walks you through every chapter of the Sophia Code, multiple classes, and it teaches you how to kind of it's simultaneously let go and allow these cinema masters to step in and start guiding you and mentoring you in um beyond your understanding. Um and, and how to also identify the signs and the practices that you can just easily incorporate into your daily life, like creating an altar that you visually connect with of like, hey, that's my intention for today. It's sovereignty or empowerment, or I want to feel closer to Isis or Mother Mary. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just place a picture there. You place a, you know, a statement or intention. And it's like, that works. I mean, I know you know that, <laughs> but it's showing your subconscious what you want to focus on and what we focus on expands in our life. Why are they interested in us? Why are the ascended masters? What is the significance? What is our significance? 
We are at a pivotal time in in human history for our species. Most of our species is in a state of amnesia and cannot remember how many actual resets we've gone through, how many global disasters, how much our species has been enslaved and persecuted and oppressed. Mm -hmm. And so the Ascended Masters, um, you know, they they come in to this matrix. They live these exceptional avatar-level lifetimes uh, to to mirror back to us our true sovereign potential. But there's, you know, there's only so much they can do because in one lifetime, because it, there has to be a, a large enough collective awakening for us to break free and quantum leap to a, to a new paradigm of liberation from, from these unseen yet extremely insidious forces that continue to do what they're doing to humanity. And so the Ascended Masters want our sovereignty. They want for us to take our awakening seriously and to consider that, you know, religion has attempted to separate us from our divinity very purposefully for a very long time because it is our divinity that has the power to wake up within this matrix and to decide to unplug from all of this programming that's keeping us um, separated from one another and and separated from our, our creative power to to birth a new paradigm based in sovereignty, based in light, and based in our true potential. Um, and so they specialize in how to recover from trauma. Mm-hmm. And then also, of course, once you stabilize from the, the collective trauma and the viral programming, um, you you have the opportunity to actually take in their teachings and start to embody your higher self, embody a different, uh, your divine consciousness, which is like an operating system that over time, <laughs> you're going to unplug from every last illusion that you've been plugged into with the matrix programming. So that's what they're all about. They But they can't do it for us. And that's why they're ascended master. That's why I only work with these particular ascended masters because they are all about sovereignty and all about us doing our own work, opening our own hearts, taking this like this journey. Um, everybody's individual journey counts. And if enough hearts awaken, if enough of us accept that we are sovereign and divine. In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code SOMNIUM to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. We will no longer need these oppressive experiences for our spiritual awakening. Humanity is unconsciously addicted to being oppressed to stimulate its spiritual awakening. Is there a critical mass? percentage? I feel like I've heard about that. Is that true? I feel that very deeply. I mean, I'm not going to throw out like some random number, but I I have seen in many visions that, and I believe it's happening in many ways right now. I I really Mm -hmm. do. I think technology has allowed a certain cross-section of the population to awaken Mm -hmm. uh, in an accelerated way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a bit of a hot mess <laughs> um, because there's a lot of people searching and and not really knowing where to look. And and, and there's a restructure what... happening within their lives. Whenever yeah. there's when there's a transition, it's like things fall away and have to be rebuilt, and that's the process. Yeah, there's a lot of chaos right now in in that kind of like you said, the melting down of of disengaging. I mean. What happened over the past few years was really surprising. That level of oppression um, and lockdowns actually caused a lot of people to start <laughs> uh, railing red pills <laughs> on YouTube in the middle of the night. And so we actually do have a large cross section of humanity that is waking up. Man, to... These are conversations that we couldn't have oh. 10 years ago. Like, No way. I mean, I remember talking with my girlfriends and being like, I'm on an island, man. Like I'm nobody, who are we going to talk to? Like what, how do we, nobody thinks like this. And, you know, there was nowhere to go with these conversations and they were by all means not going to happen on a podcast. Cause like, you know, it's so out there. It would be hard to resonate with mainstream America, but I think that there's definitely, there's definitely an awaking, which leads me to, I want you to elaborate a little bit on the amnesia. I mean, I've felt that and I've experienced that. Yeah. I've even had my own experience in a in a psilocybin journey about having so much information in the field that I couldn't handle it. And I'm like, as I came back to being human, I I was I realized why I couldn't I was, why there's amnesia, because also if you fully embody the reality that we actually what we really are, it's hard to play this game. So like talk about this amnesia gap. And this matrix or this this reality that we're living in. I love that you said it's hard to play this game. Explain why. <laughs> because we're here to birth a new game. And that's what's the most terrifying for, for most humans is, is creating something that has never been created before. And a truly sovereign paradigm where everyone is 100% embodying their divinity. That is not playing like this Like that's game. never happened before? I mean, it's happened in previous golden ages on the planet hundreds of thousands of years ago, but it's been a hot minute. There's been a, a really intense interstellar war over the future of humanity that's been raging for quite some time on this planet. And it's um, the need is real for us to start envisioning what a truly sovereign paradigm of truly awakened beings awakened to the truth of their divinity because if you're awakened to the truth of your divinity there's nothing you can't do that's right there's nothing you can't do it's divinity divinity created all it is so you know that's that is the end game for humanity that the ascended masters are are attempting to you know doing their best to reveal to us is sophia code and of course other pathways of awakening on the planet that are available right now and yeah i love that you said this game because you are only allowed to get so far in the matrix end game there's there's a ceiling there i mean unless you want to like you know totally sell your soul that's a different story and do people sell their soul oh yes every day how does that come to someone to sell their soul? Like, I feel like this is something you see a lot more in entertainment and music. And you look at these satanic, possible satanic rituals, which they sure look pretty satanic, with that are happening during um, Super Bowl or, you know, uh, con- you know uh, uh, music 
awards shows and you see what's going on, it's like there is definitely there's definitely an awareness to this dynamic. So can you do you know what is happening where people sell their soul and why they do and how they do it? Well, a lot of them end up um, having to give into the blackmail that they that they walked right into. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely a part of what I survived as a child were um, how they use in elite human trafficking, uh, how they use children for blackmail purposes. And so you get one video of someone doing something with a child and forget it. That's they are they are in for life, uh, you know, and uh, they own you. And then they make you do those things. Then they say, this is what you're wearing. And this is what the song is going to be. And sing it, sing it, sing it or else. I believe that over, it's already starting. We haven't seen anything yet though. (laughs) I believe in the next three years, hopefully sooner, three to four years, we're going to see the whole world is going to understand on how deeply everything about our reality is actually programmed literally programmed at the highest level and you know all you have to do is look at who is on the guest list of you know on the, that the 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 flight list to Epstein Island and you you just start to realize like there is nothing sacred <laughs> every every if people really knew how many uh corporations are actually involved universities hospitals um how elaborate and sophisticated the system is it's um it's going to completely change the world to discover what's really happening it already is um so what do you think will push that over the goal line i think it's going to be people's ability to grow up so that it can actually understand and accept that this happens to babies and children, not just teenagers. And it's not sex. People need to stop using it as the word sex trafficking. It's not sex. Sex is consensual between adults. This is child rape trafficking, rape and torture. It's so complex. And there's so many trillions of dollars invested in hiding it in plain sight, and for people to have the emotional capacity to be able to sit still and consider just one two-year-old, let alone millions. What what is it like for this one two-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old? Like people, most people don't have the emotional bandwidth. They're like, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. And it's like, the, the answer to your question is, Everybody needs to do their inner work a whole lot more so that we can all collectively awaken and create the sacred space. I know from from direct experience that that there are very real satanic rituals and very real programs that go far beyond what anyone, uh, most of the public could ever understand, um, directed by intelligence agencies and, and interfacing with a civilian cover-up of trafficking homes, um, like the one that I was um, constantly shuttled back and forth from as a, a, a cover-up for where I was really being taken every night. Um, it, it's 
it's it's a lot for people to take in when here's the other piece you know where there the powers that be are constantly traumatizing the population i mean look what just happened over the past few years um between the lockdowns and the medical tyranny and you know the 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 crazy amount of censorship and closing down of businesses i mean people are in shock and they don't even know it and you know if you look at the news even one day of the week you're just like oh my god no one knows where to put their foot next and so if you keep an entire global population in a constant state of anxiety panic and trauma it's easy to keep people in a space that they're not willing to look at these very real parts of our society that are actually funding and fueling um, the level of um, Luciferian influence over this planet and over our, our population. Somewhat surviving, not thriving. Yeah, everyone, most you're, people are just surviving. Yeah. You're just, you're just surviving to some degree, you know, and it, it, that we'll just use that as an easy enough word just to rhyme with thriving, to give it a cool, yeah. to give it a way to say it. But like, that's all yeah. it is. Like thriving is recognizing your own power and through sovereignty, which is absolutely what you teach every single day is personal sovereignty. Yeah. Um, you can't have that when you feel, when you're in fear and when you're in fear, you need something, you need someone, you need a system, you need other yeah. people. Those that's not, that's not sovereignty. It's dependency. Yeah, it's codependency. And we have an extremely codependent society that's willing to shame survivors. Um, that's willing to look the other way when power structures tell them to it's, it's, there's a massive awakening that needs to happen. For people to fully rise up. What negative entity or energy right now is is trying to grab this planet and 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 siphoning the energy from the humans? Luciferianism is a consciousness, and in my experience as a child, subjected to um, indescribable torture and and massacre atrocities really over and over again in these satanic rituals. Um, it's a consciousness that multiple species are connected to. So, it, you know, do we want to think about an actual being, you know, that's spearheading the whole thing? I mean, yes, there are high level beings that you could point to and say, certain names in that consciousness but what's interesting to me is like how addictive this consciousness is and how much it's it's infiltrated and controlling so many species right now mm. who are working together for the persecution and oppression of humanity most importantly they are working together so that humanity won't remember who we really are back to amnesia yeah because humans are as crazy as it's going to sound, our capacity to feel is so powerful. It's angelic. Mm. Like our ability to show unconditional love, our ability to worship whatever we call God, our ability to honor life, um, you know, the beauty of nature. Like we often focus on all of the, the shadow aspect of humanity, but the truth is that our true, our true selves, our, our, the divinity that's radiating in every cell of our of our humanity actually has the power to create new worlds and to, to care for this planet. And 
what Mother Mary teaches in my forthcoming book uh, that I'm writing right now, um, we have the power to harmonize with other star systems as a collective and to bring great peace um, to certain parts of the universe as a species. And, you know, if you have multiple species invested in interstellar war, they're certainly not going to want humanity to find out about the power of its heart. Why is there this nefarious intervention or this, what, what is it that they want? Like they just want our energy or like, what is it that, what, what is actually trying to be taken? Humans have no idea. Like if they really knew, like we are purposely uneducated as a society about the power of the human body, uh, kind of the atomic spiritual power and the, the, the true potential of the human body. I mean, we are literally toxified <laughs> day in and day out in this world for a reason. It's because if we understood the amount of energy, power, emotion, creativity that we're actually embodying, um, yeah, they're just, they're just sucking off of all of that, um, as though we're a slave race and God did not create us as a slave race, but that's what we've succumbed to on many levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, talked about, you just mentioned God and earlier you're talking about religion a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. what did Jesus come here to teach us? I mean, talk about someone who came to, to teach us everything that we've just been talking about. You know, if there was a teacher on sovereignty, it was Jesus, you know, because he embodied, and we talk about a lot in the Sophia Co, what, what we call Sophia Christ consciousness, and, and that's the consciousness he always taught, be in this world, but not of this world. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Why? Because then you're you're accessing whatever you call God or source or spirit, when you have a direct, when you know you have your direct connection to that source, you can download solutions, healing, light, intelligence, you know, anything. It's all available in the field. Right? Yes, you it's all there. Match, an energetic <laughs> match. Just tune your frequency. Absolutely. And so, you know, although it does seem to refer to a religion, there's a whole unity source movement that has taken the word Christ back from the, from, you know, different dogmatic uses in religion to uh, to represent like this is how Jesus walked the earth how did he perform these miracles how did he reach so many lives why are we still talking to, about him to this day you know his heart was so big like what is he embodying for us we have hearts just like his heart and we need to be using them when you say heart you mean energy I mean the feeling and the energy and the stargate that the heart chakra is, which is also what I'm writing about um, this year in my journey. Um, Mother Mary speaks. It's um, the heart is a stargate for the soul. So if you are a walking stargate and you are checked out of your body, you're not accessing your heart. You're not accessing your true power to yeah. not just change the world, literally transform the world. Yeah. Birth something totally new. It's 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 where what source wants to deliver into this world, it's where it lands at the very center of your being so it can radiate out and impact, you know, every part of you. How you ground to the earth, how you open up to the brilliance mm -hmm. of your soul. Yeah. What about the relationship that Jesus had with Mary Magdalene and getting into like the 
alchemical, not only the divine masculine feminine union, but then the alchemical marriage within the self. I know that for a lot of your audience, it's it's not any new knowledge that you know Jesus was trained in India and Tibet by master extreme masters, uh, masters of the highest order. But so was Mary Magdalene, and we we talk about that in the Sophia Code. Um, she came from an extraordinary family, probably one of the richest families um, in Palestine at that time. And um, her mother had a secret divine feminine practice. Um, and her father had a secret mystery school network. Mm-hmm. So they were both being trained. Her father? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, this woman, Mary Magdalene, is, you know, which, she, you know, they wrote total lies about her in the traditional Bible, um, a composite of multiple Marys that they lied about. In the, and so, when we meet Mary Magdalene Sophia Code, we meet this brilliant, psychic um, young woman that was trained as a high priestess in Egypt, as well as India, Mesopotamia, uh, temples that um, you know were still operating at that time. Her connection to Isis, her connection to Sekhmet, her connection to Kali, mm-hmm. um, profound. So you know when she finally met Jesus, um, you know her her spiritual mother was already mother mary so mother mary was already mentoring her uh for a public ministry that you know women at the time could be stoned to death for speaking out loud um mm. teachings and so <laughs> this is i get really excited talking about their ministry because it's it's so special what they did and and it, it reads like a movie in the sophia code and watching it and channeling it and writing it down was one of the greatest honors of my life but you know what they don't write about those fields is that that Jesus was teaching, and it was that those were the fields that Mary Magdalene like spent her divine inherit her inheritance on to ensure Jesus could actually be teaching publicly in that way to thousands of, of people. And she taught she, him things, meaning she would she would pay for all of for for creating those experiences where people could actually show up and meet. Thousands oh, of people really? were really like she was like like she was like yes. the, uh, she booked events. She kind of produced events. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a really great way to put it. She, <laughs> I mean, she literally she was given her inheritance whether she chose to marry or not. Like her parents were absolutely from the future in the sense of they 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 were so non traditional and they so n- understood who she was in her own right as an avatar and Christed mm-hmm. being. And mm, so they let her they let her be strong in her in her sovereignty of what she really was. There was Yeah, and she still had to use her mystery school training to hide that, right? Because at this time so it was this interesting dynamic where she was so empowered at home and in her mystery school at Mount, Car- Mount Carmel, but then she would have to go into public with Jesus, right? And so she would be teaching side by side with him. They'd both be in full lotus. You know, huh. you think about these masters, these yogi like together? masters. Yes. Like on, like on stage? Yes, in the Sophia Code. They're sitting side by side in full lotus position, and they're both performing exorcisms on the masses side by side. And what Jesus would do, and they we talk about this in Sophia Code, he would expand his consciousness so that the men and women who would judge her 
for being in her full yogic power would actually protect her so that they could accept and receive her transmission mm -hmm. as a master in her own right. Her gifts and skills were so extraordinary. You know, we call her she of a thousand angels in the Sophia Code. She would go forth and send angels ahead of Jesus and her arrival to these fields to clear the demonic influences. Oh like God. she was doing shamanic. Oh, uh, wow. And then he would like set the field. He would yeah, set, they, like, were, the they were they were constantly. He would like yes. He would expand his energy bubble essentially to protect her while she was doing her thing. But before they got there, she would send the angels to clear the space from evil demonic energies that would interfere yeah. with the work. I mean, they were they were doing high priest and high priestess work of the highest magi order the highest order so when people you know not all but a lot of people talk lightly about mary magdalene's path with tantra with jesus and i'm just like uh-uh you have no idea the level of magic the level of um training and mastery and and how they were consciously working together as masters of light for thousands of people to be transformed from the luciferian grip of their day like they were so selfless they were so loving they were so intelligent they were so creative they were so psychic it was so far beyond like this is my boyfriend jesus you know what i mean it was like are you kidding me like <laughs> it's, sit down and close your eyes yeah like they were doing they were leading a movement that was saving the planet Jesus. I mean, people, you would walk, Jesus, imagine, literally. I, literally, like imagine walking down the street and just have the streets lined with people being crucified. I mean, that was the form of Roman punishment of the day. It wasn't reserved for someone like Jesus. It, it was just everywhere. Wherever they lived, you would see people strung up on crosses. So like we we have this idea that it was like a once in a while thing. And it was like, this is the kind of extreme torture the Roman Empire was using to oppress, um, you know, the different countries that they that they would um, take, over. take over. And so the Jewish people were living under such extreme tyrannical conditions, not to mention that they already had extreme conditions at the time for women being in their power. You know, so it's like women were property. And if a woman did anything out of line, out of the Pharisee codes, it was just like they could literally be stoned to death at any point. So the fact that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were using what is high-level Tantra? High-level Tantra, I mean, can it be experienced through sexual union? Absolutely. But it is the sexual union is not the definition of Tantra. Tantra is when we experience total communion with all that is total communion with the earth total communion with your divinity total communion with every cell of your body total god communion source communion universal communion you have two individuals that are embodying total communion and presence and then you and then within the relationship with one another they are doing such extraordinary things with their human bodies. It destroys any concept that we have of what Tantra is in whatever we think our modern context is. And the reason why I speak so passionately about it is because I feel strange even talking about it out loud because what they were doing was so holy brings tears to my eyes. Like, mm. it, it, it's so pure. Like, it is the definition of what Isis talks about in the Sophia Code about 
you know, your sexuality being a pathway to recognizing your true divinity. We're not talking about you feeling better about your self-esteem or like you're, you know, having a, an ego lift. We're talking about God communion and what are you going to do with that God communion in your sexuality, in your divine purpose, in your creativity, in your service to the light, in your service to humanity's awakening to a sovereignty. That, that is, that's, that is the tantra of full beingness. These people started training at the age of three or four. Like we have to understand it's interesting that the Bible actually reveals Jesus like teaching in the temple at the age of 12. You know, it's like they were already adults by 12, 13, 14. They've been training since childhood for their ministries. You know, not that they stopped their training in their early adolescence, it continued. But we have to understand, like, activating the full chakra system, activating the full full kundalini system, allowing the true and full activation of the divine genome to integrate within every cell of our body, like, that takes focus. It takes time. It's not a weekend warrior workshop. We've got to be willing to do the internal, emotional, and inner work that matches that kind of spiritual technology awakening within our body, because if you... You go ahead and try to awaken different parts of that spiritual technology without doing the inner work. You're not going to know what to do with an erupting kundalini awakening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, You're not going to know what's happening if one chakra is blasted open and the others aren't. So it's not in balance. Mm -hmm. So this is why I have so much respect for for their relationship and what they did together um, and what they continued to do together, you know, after Magdalene's escape. And they had children, right? A common theme is the three children. Um, I think what's important for people to understand is what Mary Magdalene Jesus always wanted was for us to focus on their example as our own potential. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we don't want to get lost in the details of their legacy in that way because it's so much easier to just be in the fantasy of what they did, right? Is this alchemical union, this, this like, is that something that you go into much with being like the one within yourself? Because I feel like we're kind of just fractal. Everything's quite fractal and all the same. So we're trying to find like how to be together as a man and a woman or two people, but like, there's also the parallel to the self, right? And the masculine feminine within. So can you talk about that alchemical union within the self and like what what you need to do to achieve that? Yeah, you can only go so high in your alchemical union with another based on how high you're going with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what I was referring to earlier too, is like, yeah. how does this analogy work <laughs> with regular people versus your experience to get the information? Because yeah. yes, you can only go as, you can only receive as far as you, as you rise. I think a lot of people don't realize that you can cultivate what you feel through your sensuality and your sexuality, and you can you can move that incredible fire throughout your entire body for your creativity, for your messaging, um, for breaking through old patterns and releasing yourself from old blockages of, and resistances, and and for deepening in a very intimate relationship. And when I say intimate, I mean like that God communion with your own heart mm-hmm. through self-love, self-compassion, and that cultivation 
opens your awareness eventually to all the lifetimes you've lived, information that mm. you need for the zero calibration of your soul, like bringing in the gifts and the talents and even the even the, the lifetimes of enlightenment that you may have lived in other lifetimes to bring them, to gather all that, those energy, energetic imprints, the gifts and the tools from those other lifetimes to embody them now. So we need all of ourself now. So that alchem alchemical union with yourself is a big part of how we can kind of suit up as light workers for our angelic mission in this lifetime. It gives it gets it's the pathway to getting all of the parts of ourselves back. How do we know we've achieved some level of it or it? Well, you start to notice how many lives that you're touching then mm. you start to notice even with just one life like the light that's radiating out from you that's has the power to lift somebody else up and then you start to realize that that love and that light is what all of this is about and you stop searching and seeking as much for all of the sexy glamorous stuff and you start getting really serious about embodying that transformational love for yourself and others as the highest point of spiritual awakening because mm -hmm. you reach a certain level in spiritual awakening and you're like oh that was all the glamorous stuff that enticed me to awaken to the real stuff the feeling is it becomes a lot more of an inside job and there's less to say like the further you get there's lot, there's like the beginning, it's kind of, it's kind of outward. You're kind of doing these things. You're out here, you're doing that. You're doing this thing or yeah. like, but then as it goes, it becomes this quiet knowing or this quiet awareness that isn't necessarily for the glamour. It's just for your own glamorous fucking reality that you live in that you've, you've, you've earned and you don't need to, there's nothing to say. It's just the something you live. And you realize that you have a responsibility to keep creating that beautiful reality for the liberation of all beings. It's not just about you. I would really like you, if you would indulge us, to go into the eight key codes, the Ascended Masters, and just kind of give a little like high level of like what their message is. And um, so people can get a little exposure to those Ascended Masters. And um and um, some great takeaways to feel more comfort and know that there's so much, so there are so so much energy here that has our back. So many, so many resources to source from yes. um, by by telling us what their what their what their hope <laughs> is and their messages. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> Thanks, Danica. Um, so, of course, we start with Isis, and Isis in her initiation. What's happening there is Isis helps us clear a lot of oaths and vows. For some of us, thousands of lifetimes of, you know, we we pick up a lot of wounding along the path of having a soul. Mm -hmm. And we make a lot of agreements that keep us small instead of in our full power um, to other species, to other lifetimes, to other religious agreements that would keep us from being in our full sovereign power. Mm -hmm. So when we're stepping into mentorship with Isis, where she's helping us get really serious about the truth that we're extremely powerful 
and how to get sober from um, our fears about that and how to fully like embrace it. Isis for me is all about like stepping into your divine purpose, your message, um, your offering, um, getting important projects completed. Also, knowing that you can be in your power with your, your in the center of your family structure and your relationship, whether your partnership especially, but also how you relate to others. Um, she's she's very relationship oriented because she mm -hmm. knows that relationships are how anything gets done here on the earth plane. Mm -hmm. So she's going to help you look at all the ways that you might be afraid to relate to others, mm -hmm. which could help you step more into your power. Really mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. And she's also extremely glamorous. So along, her, she, along with Mary Magdalene, they're great mentors for reclaiming the divine feminine, like adorning yourself, loving your body, letting go, shame, conditioning, um, you know, being in your full feminine. Yeah. Full feminine. And this is for men too. She's, she, she's really a mentor for how you present yourself to the world and that it's safe to be powerful. Hathor, <laughs> we take a pretty significant jump with Hathor. <laughs> Isis was one of Hathor's greatest initiates and, um, Hathor created a mystery school when she walked the earth that spanned half the planet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're when we're talking about oh, where's your school? Um everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when Hathor walked the earth, um we were we were living uh in a different kind of potential. Um, you could call it an extreme golden age. Mm -hmm. And Hathor took that golden age to an entirely new level. You know, in the Sophia Code, we share how she was at her mystery schools hosting um, ceremonies and initiations with teachers from the Sirius star system. They were shape-shifting to reveal humanity's full potential to shape-shift themselves and use uh, their DNA. Like that form is actually quite pliable and right. flexible. Well, we and really quantum. are just energy. We're just yeah. energy. So, you know, her teachings are all about our quantum potential. And and really in the Sophia Code, what you're doing is um, she, she's the one initiation where we're, we're quite consciously, it's happening in every initiation, but she spells it out. You actually activate the bridges of light from the bridge, um, from the edges of your DNA, the ladders of your DNA to the divine genome and the subatomic universe of your DNA. Mm. So I had to really go deep with Hathor to understand these divine genome teachings that the Sophia Code presents. And actually, um, I just had the most amazing conversation with uh, the Kashif. Kashif Khan, yeah, yeah. Oh from my the, God, yeah, he's so brilliant. Company he actually had information that I had seen that I channeled. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, I know, like, yes, for DNA. people who don't know, he owns a company called the DNA company. Yes. You can, your, you can get your, basically your DNA read to like what pathways are open, closed, how your hormones work. But like, yes, it is so informational. And so just for people, so they can go into it if they want, but yes, cash up is brilliant. We were having this conversation the other night because of you. Thank you. And um, he's like the most amazing person. I have so much respect for his work and his mind. And um, and he was saying, well, you know, this one part about how light works with DNA. And I said, wait, 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 like, you know, I've never heard, I've never seen that in any 
you know, book on on DNA and and you know Western science. And he's like, oh, that's because it's not there. That's <laughs> only. <laughs> it was like it's 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 only what the elite would know. And I was just like, you guys were the words. Out. I said the words you just said. I've been saying those words for ten years. Building bridges of light from the biological DNA to the divine genome within the subatomic universe of our genetics. And so that was an extraordinary moment for me. And it's really Hathor that, you know, <laughs> being guided by Hathor that kind of initiated me to have the courage to come forward with those teachings at a time where I knew I couldn't prove it. Like, I, I still don't, I still can't prove it, but I know that it's true. And I know that it's real because I risked everything to share that message yeah. with the world. Well, you know, there's a great, there's a great scene in um, Contact, the movie, mm. and it's where Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey, like one's, she's all science and he's all spirituality and he's challenging her. And he says, um, <laughs> did you love your dad? Cause her dad died when she was young. And she goes, of course. And he goes, prove it. Mm. And you can't like, what, how are you going to prove you love your dad yeah. or your mom or your someone like, yes. you can't, you just know it. You just freaking know it. Well, it's funny you brought up that example because it was my love for humanity that humanity's future that, you know, I, how could I say no to the master's request to share that information? It was because of love that I, I risked being a fool to share that with the world. And, you know, what I love about Hathor is that I believe Hathor's teachings in the Sophia Code are really getting us ready for interstellar communion with beings of the highest light. Mm. Um, not, not the beings that are currently oppressing the planet, but, but our, our star families, our ancient families from across the multiverse that are just waiting for enough of humanity to wake up that we can have that deep tantra communion, right? With all that is, including other species that are extremely enlightened and ready to, such as the Hathor star nation that are ready to help us, uh, step into a much brighter future. So, um, and it yes. should be said too, that the book in, is, has key code DNA activations, like things that you say out loud, not only reading the book is an activation, but maybe go into that just a little, just so people know that as we're talking about DNA, I mean, think if people just like for a second, just go, we are all energy. If you put all the people on the planet together and put together their actual matter, I just heard, I when I interviewed Dylan deGrasse Tyson, he said, you know, whatever, size of apple. The other day I heard it was the size of a sugar cube. Point <laughs> is, is, all the human beings' actual real matter put together on the planet is freaking nothing. We are just energy. So now go into, please, just like, a, like just what the, the role of the activations. Yeah, so <laughs> in my really early journey, um, when I was in uh, college, I was studying computer programming for animation and design. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a I, my my degree is in is in you know web and branding and and actually animation. <laughs> and um, and I always wondered, like, okay, am I is this am I supposed to go deeper and deeper into this back, you know, program hard coding and um. And I and I got the message no, and I was like, well, why why am I so interested in it? And they were like, it'll be revealed, you know, down down the road. So when I first saw the divine genome, you know, all these years in seclusion, meditating with the ascended masters, 
I realized that the Sophia code was actually hard coded. It needed to be initiations that were hard coding to literally flip on the switches that would connect the divine genome to the carbon-based DNA. And that the brilliance of the Sophia Dragon Tribe was that they wanted people to do this through the power of their own voice. Oh, I just got chills. Because the the power of your own voice is actually what activates your divine genome. This, this bridge of light connection, these crystalline bridges of light that you can consciously connect and not only connect, but they become a super highway for the divinity of your higher self to start downloading like an operating system into the interface of the divine genome, which then is now connected as bridges of light to the human body. And because it's crystalline, there's no amount of light. It's like an inf infinite amount of light that can be downloaded into your body. And over time, this is why saints starts to literally like glow, right? Like you see pictures of like Ananda Moima, and she's like glowing, or Paramahansa Yogananda, and they, they look like there's light coming out of their skin. It's because there is. They they found a way to activate their divine genome, and and this this technology has the power to anchor an, a, a, an infinite amount of God source light in your body yeah, yeah, yeah. and we all have this power we all have this potential and mm -hmm. so what they showed me is the throat chakra you know the power of your throat chakra the resonance which mother mary talks about in actually hathor's chapter so we're still talking about hathor has the power on this bottom vitri of your throat chakra to um it's what creates reality through the power of your voice this one little petal at the bottom of your throat chakra Stop it. The resonance that comes through your voice through this one little part of your throat chakra. And that resonance, um, you know, when you start to, that's why Hathor in the Sophia Code is called She of a Thousand Voices, which she is attempting to, to activate within humanity is that we all have this voice to create reality. And so when we start to notice and feel the shifts of the divine genome operating our human body and our human awareness in new ways, then we make the cognitive connection. Oh my God, I did that. I'm sovereign. If I can yeah. do that, what else you can I do? Realize your power. Yeah. And so these initiations do two things simultaneously. They initiate your divine genome, which then starts an operating system that simultaneously starts clearing viral pr programming and trauma from all your lifetime simultaneously, while also begins the downloading process of your higher self within every cell of your body no big deal, kind of the everything. And it's like, it, and then there's this reinforcement of the, each of these ascended masters, as you complete their initiation, they're saying, I now commit to you as a mentor and a spiritual guide for what it's going to take to live in these divine qualities that you're now going to go on a journey of embodying in your daily life. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's what's happening. And the recordings of the initiations help reinforce and help you deepen and integrate and accept the divine genome operating your awareness, your ego. Because what happens is you have to go through an ego structure meltdown, right? Like it's got to start to yeah, they're integrate. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to start to integrate with the light of your higher self. And that's why people start a spiritual journey and they're like, and then they end up giving up because like, it, fuck this. This is miserable. It's too hard, right? Too it's hard. because Yeah. 
It's not all fucking puppies and rainbows. No, there are skulls and flaming swords involved in a true spiritual awakening. And meltdowns, like like rising phoenix, man, over and over again. Totally. Yeah. So when you invoke that much light, you yeah. you also are becoming more aware of the darkness that's been yeah. waiting for you to see inside of yourself. And so these initiations really start the process of allowing enough light to come and override the ego structure's demands on your awareness and what you're going to do with your life. And it starts to break the chains of the programming that would have you forget who you are. And start the process of remembering who you really are. Oh, yeah. So it's not any surprise that they put Green Tara after Hathor, because Green Tara, who ascended in the star system Sirius and then was invited by the Divine Mother to help shut like oversee humanity's awakening on this planet. Um, she is a total expert on how to overcome the ego structure. Mm-hmm. And how devastating the ego structure and how wily it is, it can, you know, what it takes to outwit it through love, mm-hmm. self-love and self-compassion. And so she's extraordinary. I could talk about Tara for hours, but um, for the sake of time, um, she helps us really see both our sovereign potential and our attachments to suffering. And her angelic order are called the Dakinis. And they're often like these pictured as these radical, wrathful deities, divine feminine Buddhas that come forward to protect you from you, to protect you from your own sabotage. So if you call on Green Tara to 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 help guide, to be your guide, to help yeah. you in this journey, she's going to send extra protection. Yeah, I mean, she alone is a right. Larger, I mean, she's called the mother of all Buddhas. If that says anything. So, you know, it's like all of Buddhism came from Tara's arrival to this planet. It, mm. And it's amazing how much the divine feminine gets kind of written out of Buddhism. Out. Not, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Saying, Every Buddha's a guy, right? right? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and uh, you know, they do teach that the Dakinis are female Buddhas, but it, it, it's amazing kind of, I won't go into all of that. I want to stay really positive. But what I love about Tara and the Dakinis in the Sophia Code is the full reclamation of the divine feminine transmission that gave birth to Buddhism on this planet. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Plain and simple. There it is. So, um, and then we move into Mother Mary, right? And each of these key code initiations are connected to a chakra. So here we have Mother Mary at the heart chakra. And uh, Mother Mary... Is the spiritual mother that we've always wanted. We meet her in the Sophia Code free of religious doctrine, free mm. of religious dogma. Mm. And what people don't know about Mother Mary, they think of Mother Mary as like this little girl in the major scene, right? I think Mother Mary gets to speak like four times in the Bible at the most, and it's not much. Um, and the truth is that Mother Mary was initiated into the mysteries of very early age. Her mother was an extreme high priestess of Hathor. She was an, uh, an oracle, Anna, um, high, high priestess of Hathor, trained in Egypt. And so Mary was born to one of the most powerful oracles on the planet at that time. Um, her mother knew <clears throat> exactly who she was giving birth to when she gave birth to Mary. Mary was an extraordinary orator, she was a divine feminine a speaker. Is that like an oracle? Like, oh, yes, like a speaker of the highest level, um, divine feminine teacher of the greatest mysteries of the heart. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, her mentors in communion and Tantra communion and her psychic development or Isis and Hathor and Green Tara and Kuan Yin. I mean, she led a mystery school with her mother that trained, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I mean, that's saying something right. and an entire community that, you know, embraced them and their ministry. It wasn't just Jesus and Magdalene and Mary that were, you know, changing, transforming the world. There were so many initiates embodying their divinity at that time. And, um, and that's, you know, and she was a spiritual mother to Mary Mag- Mary Magdalene was so fiery. You know, yeah, she's like the indigo. She's like the indigo of the ascended master world. She's just like I don't, you know. She wanted to break all the rules. You know, she just wanted to go right after the Roman Empire. You know, with all of her psychic gifts and burn everything down. And of course, like she just had that Kali Ma Sekhmet righteous rage for her people, and and that's how we meet her in her chapter. Just this raw beautiful powerful she in Aries she had yeah it must have been right (laughs) (laughs) she was just um she was just wow she's a wow and uh you know I love that the Sophia Code talks about her relationship with Mother Mary and that there was this true like spiritual legacy between Magdalene's family Mother Mary's family Jesus and Magdalene there's Anna, like this connection to Egypt, Tibet, and and India, and um, so Magdalene is. We get to meet Mary Magdalene as Magdalene, like of course Jesus is there and the, their ministry is there. But what's so important to me about how we meet Magdalene in the Sophia Code is we get to meet her. So many people introduce Magdalene in context to the other how she is defined by her relationship to Jesus. How is she defined Mm -hmm. by her relationship with her sexuality? It's like in the Sophia Code, she's defined for the woman that she is, Mm -hmm. as the angel in human form that she is, as, uh, as, you know, as the head of a movement. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. totally transformed the world. Yes, alongside the head, you know, someone else who was the head of a movement as well. They co-led a movement Mm -hmm. of grace and lightning and thunder and consciousness, mm-hmm. radical consciousness. And so she teaches us that we are all awakeners of that same consciousness and that we've got to be willing to embody that same angelic light that they did, that she actually shares in Sophia Code, we are a continuation of their mission. And if you are attracted to Mary Magdalene, it's because you've been a Magdalene for many, many lifetimes. Like Magdalene is a title. It's those souls that are willing to bring their light into the darkest of places for the radical transformation and awakening of a species. Mm-hmm. And so Mary Magdalene helps us open our angel wings and own them. Love her. Love her. <laughs> oh, God. And everything else that goes along with it. I mean, each of them are like a whole universe of a wealth of resources. I'm trying to sum them up. Kuan Yin. I... I don't know. I don't know which is. I I venture to say it's my most favorite chapter in the Sophia Code. It reads. Um, it reads like a movie, and we meet Kuan Yin as a child, um, when her village is attacked, and she is um, raped and tortured, and her family is killed in front of her, and her village is burned to the ground. That's mm-hmm. where we meet Kuan Yin. 
And then we go on a journey with her into the jungle of her grief where her divine masculine counterpart appears to help awaken the divine feminine Christ consciousness within her and what it took for her to heal in the witnessing of the divine masculine on this journey of self-love, self-compassion, painful self-compassion, painful embracing of the full journey of healing from trauma into soul power. And then what happens at the end where she, he ascends in front of her and then she gets to become this larger than life teacher of compassion, true and authentic awakening to compassion. The, the power of that compassion is she teaches in the Sophia Code. She is here to mentor those divine feminine leaders that are here in this lifetime that are here to lead through authentic self-compassion for themselves first. So this diamond of compassion teachings, this diamond vehicle mm -hmm. from Kuan Yin comes in at Key Code 6. We've got this building of like, you know, Isis and Hathor and Green Tar, like super powerful and let's go. And Mother Mary's like, let's open your heart and get into your, and Magdalene's like, get into your leadership. And all of a sudden, we're staring eye to eye with Kuan Yin and all this inner child healing in this Kiko 6 initiation where your inner child flows down this river to meet Kuan Yin under this beautiful um, willow tree. And you have this- Oh my God. And you have this huge conversation and activation of the Phoenix child. Oh my God. Is, this is my chapter. <laughs> with the invincible innocence That's what within this is supposed you. to be done for. This is like a rising Phoenix painting. This is then this is for you, right? The the invincible innocence within you that was never touched or harmed by mm -hmm. anything that you have survived in this lifetime. You feel that too, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably why it's one of your favorite chapters. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the hardest chapters for me to surrender into because it was I, I had so much healing from everything I survived in the first half of my life. And um and yet it's I think it's the most beautiful. It's it's uh that to meet your Phoenix child and to realize that that it is the master of light that you are invoking within you. Like it is your future self it is your ascended master self that always existed within you that could survive anything without your soul you know being taken from you source of your sovereignty and your purity that can never be touched so this chapter is where most people like totally break down and weep and have the biggest breakthroughs of their life and mm. and and what i love about this is that it really, I think there's a lot of people out there thinking that they can just do this spiritual divine purpose leadership rah-rah thing, like, like uh, you know, from like a headspace where if we just achieve enough, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. But it's this is a like an authentic path of spiritual awakening has to be from that genuine space of where you know the most broken places within you. Which is hard to go to. Because it's from that place that you can compassionately serve anyone. Yeah. No matter what they have survived, no matter 
how triggered their egos are, you can see yourself in them because you were brave enough to love the one within you that that once reacted or once, you know, did the same things that someone else is doing right in front of you. It's like leadership is service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And spiritual, true, authentic spiritual awakening is awakening to the truth that we're here to love one another the way Jesus taught. Mm-hmm. You know, to really see each other's potential means we got to hold the line and hold the bar high for each other. Yeah. And when people say, I am my trauma, we have to say, no, you're not. No. You're not. more than your trauma. And that's right. what Kuan Yin mentors us in. Yeah. And I know it. Because I lived it. I'm not asking you to believe me because I didn't go within to find out for myself. You know, Kuan Yin brings some humility into, into the picture that I think is, is a beautiful temperance to how ex- to the unlimited power that we're accessing here mm-hmm. in the Sophia Code um, within our hearts and our d- divine genome. And White Buffalo Woman comes in at the at Key Code 7 and holy smokes, um, like channeling that chapter. That took a lot. That took many years of training in the uh, Native American church to understand why white buffalo women had come and asked me to to do this and to include her. Uh, why did she? Well, for starters, she's the only ascended master in this planet that is native to this planet. So you're oh. saying that all the other ascended masters... They come from other star systems. From other star systems. Mm-hmm. So she came from this star system or she started her journey on this planet? She's like a she's like a combo. She's a combo, uh, kind of like an archangel thunder being slash ascended master because she does touch. She has touched down in human form. Therefore, we can nature oriented. Is she more like planetary nature oriented or is she she's a master of the source of original source teachings found within every indigenous culture on the planet so she's overseeing the treasure of earth of mm. earth wisdom mm. that is absolutely essential uh, essential for humanity's ascension this was her like uh when they say gaia like the planet mm-hmm. Ga- the yeah. like um what what is her relationship with with the earth's consciousness yeah well i mean she's a part of tending to its ecosystem she's a part of protecting the heart of mother earth like the spiritual consciousness of mother earth mm-hmm. and communicating mm-hmm. the wisdom and spiritual consciousness of mother earth mm-hmm. um and also, she's part of an angelic order um, that we call in the Sophia Code, the Order of Sky Grandmothers. Mm-hmm. These extremely ancient, ancient, mm-hmm. ancient ancestors that have been watching over the Earth's ascension. Like, we as a species have an ascension path, but so does the Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The planet has its own ascension journey as well. What's, pon- what's Panchamama? Well, that that would be connected to the traditions of, okay. yeah, how they were, would refer to the Earth and the Earth lineages in in South America, Central America, many names for the same consciousness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of the things that my, that White Buffalo Woman um, initiates us in in the Sophia Code is stepping into the power of a Christ admission. 
So one of the weirdest things that happened to me in the Sophia Code was the Ascended Masters kept saying they wanted me to use the word Christ for Christ consciousness in the book. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That's so religion-y. <laughs> like, please don't make me do that. I feel so uncomfortable with that. Um, and so I, I would write it in, but I kept reserving the, the right to eventually find another word or edit it out. Or I don't know. I just, I just kept, I, there was such a resistance there and it was actually white Buffalo woman. Uh, oh my God. I'll never forget this. So there's a teacher, um, Lakota teacher who was named black elk and, um, he shares his version of white buffalo woman's um, return or visit to his people where she brings the sacred pipe to earth physically, descends from heaven, and there's this whole story um, that was passed down for, for generations. And I was reading through it in his book, The Sacred Pipe. I was like, wait a minute. Everything about this story is messianic. It literally has all the same Christian principles of a Messiah figure, prophecies that must come true for that messianic messenger to fulfill the prophecies that they spoke. And here's the thing. Her prophecies came true. Her prophecy was that in the age that her consciousness would return to the planet, the white buffalo would appear upon the earth as an emanation of her grace. And mm. in our lifetime, the white buffalo which are an entirely new genetic species, have appeared upon the planet. They're not albino. They're not bred to be. There are at least 20 truly, totally new genetic white buffalo on the planet held by Cynthia Golden Bear. Now I know why you love white buffalo so much. Yeah. And I've had the good fortune of meeting them and working with Cynthia, and they are truly prophecy animals. And so white buffalo said to me, she said, look, my people, the, the First Nations people were genocided in the name of Christianity. And there is no greater reclamation for people to understand the holiness of my teachings and to talk about them in terms of Christ consciousness, because that's exactly what I've been teaching all along. And so there was this really interesting language dynamic that came in where she was like, I need people to understand that the oracular um, languaging of mystical Christian um, tradition, which is, you know, predates the organized Roman religion, the oracular um, things that we look to in mystic um, initiations is exactly what white buffalo woman's appearance and her teachings that she brought to the people, as well as her ascension and her prophecies coming true. They're literally like they follow the formula of what is prescribed in mystic Judaic tradition for a Messiah figure. Oh and God. that just blew my hair back. I was just like, whoa, okay, so what is white buffalo woman really doing here? She's initiating us into our, our own sovereign Christhood. We are all Christed beings in the eyes of God. We are all divine. Mm -hmm. And so, or you could say Buddha beings that are awakening to the truth of our, of our, our true nature. And so she really, um, she's really about the collective mission. So by the time you reach key code seven, if you get that far, which I hope, mm -hmm. hope you do, um, it's like game on, you are wondering what is my divine purpose and how am I here to serve? So in the final, in the eighth initiation, which is actually key code seven, 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 um, mm -hmm. 
I wonder why it took seven years to download those, huh? Yeah, really? <laughs> and you're summing it up in a short amount of time in <laughs> 40 minutes. Oh my gosh. We meet the holiest seraphim of the Divine Mother. We meet these angelic beings. In the Kabbalah, the seraphim are called the fiery creatures of God. And I knew and I found that piece of information because it was really extraordinary for me to see these angelic, holy creatures that were dragons. They weren't dragons connected to this world. They weren't dragons connected to any planet. They were these holy creatures of God that were singing at the throne of the Divine Mother's consciousness, whatever that in that mm. space where the nothingness, the no thing, the black womb of no thing turns into the light of creation. That to me is the heart, the sacred heart of Divine Mother. Mm -hmm. And at that place, that's where those seraphim are singing and assisting creation to come into form according to a divine will. And so they are initiators of our consciousness to recognize that we have the power to co-create with divine will mm -hmm. and to live as Jesus taught in this world, but not of this world, fully activated <clears throat> and living in our highest potential to create a new sovereign reality because dragon medicine, yeah, it's like dragons are masters of both heaven and earth. It's so appropriate that this energy is coming in at this time to help us overcome the Luciferian interstellar war that we're facing like we would need protectors we would need activators at this level of sovereignty that was insanely insightful and inspiring and hopeful just take us into where we're going like where does this take us what's the what's the we do the work so that we can live in what reality well i i, I feel like we kind of started there yeah 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 what would happen if everybody was living in their full divine potential what if creative genius was accepted and not attacked mm. what if you know we found solutions that didn't match the narrative of the science of the day what if we what if quantum leaps were an everyday miracle like what if we lived in a world where our food was radiating with everything that we need to put in our bodies? What if we lived in a world where it was so healthy, we didn't even need to eat half the food we think we do? Oh, yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> what if we lived in a world where we were allowed to, you know, choose a pathway of goodness that allowed for us to stand up for what we know life wants to create through us, which is beauty and grace and compassion and enlightenment. It's like, this is all possible. It is all possible, but the inner work is required to unplug from everything that would keep you from enjoying that paradigm here on the earth plane. You do retreats and you do yes. events. So, I mean, if, you know, if people are still listening, I'm going to have no doubt that they're going to be really curious about <laughs> how to go deeper. And one way is the book. Yes. Um, and their own practice, their own personal practice, but, um, what can they do to get even closer and learn even more, um, from yeah. you? We would love to invite, um, anyone who's listening to come join us in France. Um, this summer we'll be in Marseille, France, uh, for a Magdalene Heart Immersive. 
Um, we also have a full mystery school, um, which is um, in a uh, very soon to be available on our phone app, the Sophia Code app that you can download for your Android or Apple. Um, and those those curriculums have all been channeled um, to support uh, every step of embodied awakening. Um, so, and we also have a beautiful. Um, we have an incredible community of certified leaders that can also take people on Sophia Circle journeys through the book in community. Um, so there's just so many pathways uh, to join us, including this year we're doing a live journey through my next book, Mother Mary Speaks, on how to open your heart, which we couldn't be more important than right now uh, mm. because of that Stargate creative power um, that we were speaking about earlier. So mm. thanks for allowing me to share. It's all oh my God. Kyra.com, yeah. my website. So <laughs> you're such a little angel. And you're such a little, you're such a such a warrior too. I mean, you know, the life that you've come through and the lessons that you've had to learn the hard way and and endure and be find strength from and grow from, learn from, and uh is um amazing. And uh you're gonna get a lot of people that want to pick your book up now. So <laughs> Thanks, Danica. It's yeah, so great thanks, to be Danica. here with you today. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.